What's up? What's up, bitches? Welcome back to another episode of Positively Uncensored. Today, I'm joined by Icon, who made Summer House Martha's Vineyard, Bria Fleming. Welcome to the show. What's up, bitches? How you do? <laughs> I love when my guests say it back or like some version of it. So let's go. That's a great intro. I love it. Thank you. So I loved Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. Let's start with that. I was, I'm not going to hate on the original because obviously we, I have to pay respects to the fact that they kind of started the Summer House on Bravo. Like I wouldn't have thought of that concept without it being there, but I was getting bored. Like, it's like, you can only watch it for so long once everyone gets married. And I was so grateful to have this come out and also have it be like an all black cast, except Simon, shout out Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I absolutely loved it. I thought that this was such an interesting show because one, you all brought the drama and two, there was such good dialogue. Like it's the first show where like profound conversations were happening between friend groups and individuals. And we rarely see that. No, I completely agree. Um, With the shout out to the first summer house, I am a big fan of it um, since the beginning until now. Um, For me, I think they needed a little bit more outings. And for us, we were just focused on like, we're not going to be in the house for a couple of weeks on vacation in the house every single day. We need to go out and explore the town and learn the history. Um, Martha's Vineyard has a lot of Black history on its island. And a lot of us didn't really know much about it until it was time to go there. And to just go on an African-American trail and just learn that we had a beach dedicated to us in Oak Bluffs. And, um, you know, just a lot of other history. It was a lot. It was it was a lot to take in and, you know, a lot to just go around and experience. So it's it's crazy. You're right. That added an element too. like there was the historical element and just the impact and meaning that it has for black people, the black culture. Um, From what I remember reading, it was that Martha's Vineyard was historically the first place where black people owned property. Is that correct? Okay. So that's, yes. So that was like the historical impact. Um, not to mention it's just the elite spot. Like it's, I know Martha's Vineyard for being where like all of the elite and all of the black people go to party. And the Hamptons is just like a bunch of white people. Like that's what I, that's what I picture. So both of it, it's like a little similar, but different with, uh, you know, Martha's Vineyard, like you said, to top it off, um, it was the first place for black people to buy property and to start their businesses. There's a lot of black owned businesses on the Island. Um, and then, and, uh, the Hamptons and Sag Harbor, they also have an African-American community there where there's a lot of black elites that live there and they have a black beach there. And, um, I lived there for a year and a half. So, um, it was so cool to just, you know, be in that circle and that community because I've never experienced anything like this. I'm like, Sag Harbor African-American community. And my ex at the time was giving me like a history lesson on, you know, yeah, this is where black people own homes. And we also have a black beach where it's, you'll see a lot of black, you know, elites and people that are editors and judges and, and, um, in the, what's it called? Politicians. You'll see them on this beach in this community. So I was like, wow. And I was introduced to this back in like 2015, 2016, but I never knew about Martha's Vineyard. 
um, until it was time to go on vacation. And I honestly thought it was just a vineyard, like Wolfer State or something. I'm like, oh, it's another right. vineyard. Where's the vineyard? I'm like, there's no vineyard here. There's a lot of Black history that you should know about. So then I started digging and doing more research. And I was like, wow. Um, especially when we did the outing on the trail and we learned about the church that was tore down and just learning all the history. It was shocking. And I'm glad that I know the knowledge that I do now because I was embarrassed in the beginning, not knowing, you know, the black history. So, you know, just to say, I, I completely relate and understand that because first of all, I, I grew up in a school where it was a lot of white people and you do miss out on a lot of the culture, the history, the, the education and, you know, having that brought on to Bravo and shown is really impactful because there's so many things that we don't know yet um, because, you know, the USA is a racist society. Like it just really is built upon white history um, and that that is what is taught in black history and, um, you know, legacies are kind of repressed. So I really enjoyed learning more um, and hearing that, especially knowing that it's exposing to so to such a white audience as well. Like there's a diverse audience learning this. Yep. You're right. That's why, you know, we had to make it clear because there was a lot of controversy behind like, why is it an all black cast? Why aren't you letting like white people on? And I think they wanted to showcase like, and let every, the viewers be educated on the black history there on the Island. And, um, you know, how historical it is. And that's why they decided to go with 12 black castmates. And then for for fairness, you know, the original Summer House was an all white cast and then they added on, Absolutely. you know, black characters as well. So I think, you know, when black people come together and it's powerful, it's like a shocking, but it's like, don't forget that like Summer House was an all white cast. And then a couple of seasons, then they added, you know, black uh, castmates onto there. So, you know, being able to bring Simon, you know, which was amazing, you know, you know, I hope that was able to like balance it out a little bit, but. And you know what, as someone who's white, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like, do I say this? Do I not say this? Mm-hmm. I completely understand the the reluctancy and the hesitation of the, of the house to bring in someone who's white because white people, and I'm saying this as someone who's clearly white, white people have a problem and um, kind of like a history with just taking up space where it's supposed to be like an all black space. And you, you know, you're there and you see them all of a sudden take up space and change what the whole vibe of the setting is supposed to be about um, and, and possibly even not know how to interact in an all black space. And next thing you know, they're saying something offensive or ignorant. Um, so I don't, I don't blame the hesitancy of the cast, nor do I blame the network. I love to see an all black cast. I love to see them say, you know, white people sometimes fuck this up because they don't know how to act appropriately. And we are so uneducated without, you know, the diversity and blending of the culture. So I got that. And I also did appreciate how Simon wasn't that like he was very, he was so nice to see on screen. He was jovial. He was fun with everyone. I didn't see any of that, um, like, you know, racism or anything from Simon. What I, what I love about Simon is he's very educated on 
the black history and the black culture and he reads a lot and oh my goodness sorry about that that's okay he, he reads a lot and um he you know teaches me things every day so and he has a lot of black friends so coming in he didn't feel um awkward he didn't Absolutely. feel out of place he knew not to like step on anyone's feet because he knew it was a vacation with me and my friends. And I told him like, you know, the, the girls are very, very close to me. They're very important to me. So I want you to meet my friends because, you know, we hang out, we talk with each other. And I honestly just wanted him to kind of, you know, get the approval for him. Like, do you guys think that you guys like him? Is he dope? Is he cool? I mean, regardless, I'm still going to be dating him. It doesn't matter. But like for him, to be introduced to my friends. I've been living in Germany for like a year. So, you know, to be on vacation and everyone, well, uh, the couple, the married couple, Jasmine and Silas had each other. I was like, you know what? I want to bring my boyfriend on and just see how it will go. Um, it was only supposed to be for a couple of days, but then with the whole like traveling from Germany and, uh, you know, from Germany to Martha's Vineyard is 13 hour travel time just for a week and it wouldn't be fair. So I kind of forgot, like, you know what? The jet lag is real. Let's just have him come out for the the week. And um, he had an amazing time. Like he just, he loved, he loved everybody. And he calls him like my brother, my sister. I love everybody. He loved it. But I know in different scenarios, everyone's different. You know, maybe the next person that is Caucasian wouldn't be able to like adapt or get along. So I'm open to everything. So I'm glad that he was, I knew he would be fine just because he's very well-rounded and educated, very, very smart. So, And as someone who's a fan of yours watching the show, I felt like you needed Simon and you needed, like Shanice was great to have there, but um, I feel like you needed like your rock in that house because you had quite a few you were the only one who was constantly involved in confrontations. You're the only one who had a physical experience in the house. And that's very morally draining, um, just draining on yourself. I feel like you needed him there at the time he showed up. Of course. No, for me, it was, I think people uh, fail to realize that with me, I am a dope, cool person. Um, non-confrontational. I hate confrontation. And um, I just don't like being fucked with. It's like I'm on vacation. We're all on vacation. And like we should be drinking, having a good time. It shouldn't be like rules and regulations. We're adults. And like in the real world, if we're on vacation with our friends and we have a house or a shared house or whatever, there's no rules in there. There's no, oh, you can't bring your dog or, oh, you can't bring your man, your man or your dog's coming with you, you know? So for me, I think a lot of the confrontations were just happening because of people having issues for no reason. Can you, wait, I don't know if I can hear you. Wait, can oh, you I'm sorry. I haven't yeah, said I anything. I'm just nodding oh, my yeah. head and like emphatic oh, yeah, agreement. Yes. I'm like, yes, you're, that's exactly yes. it. So it's like when you're under the influence and people are like fucking with you when you're just trying to like be on vacation and have a good time, of course I'm going to spaz out. I told you guys, leave me alone. Don't mess with me, the dog. He's fine. I handle him. I take care of all his stuff. Um, you know, I'm very clean with it, but I just want to have a good time. But when people are pushing the buttons and coming with different scenarios, it's like, okay, then I'm going to snap because now my my vacation is being interrupted. So now I'm going to go crazy. So then that's what you guys get to see, like, 
they're being, I'm being fucked with. And that's what I felt like. That's what, and that's what, and that's what I meant. I felt like everyone was overtly, overly confrontational to you. Everything that you did was an issue. Milo's here. It's an issue. Amir accidentally threw Milo's laundry and that's now your issue. Um, You're bringing Simon. It's an issue. Shanice is topless. It's your issue. You know what I mean? So everything was brought to you and like I said, that's just draining. Like you, it, you couldn't even just exist without kind of it, everything yeah. being brought to a meeting. Exactly. So I, I would hope viewers could put their themselves in my shoes and just be like, you know what? Um, okay, I get it. But everybody likes to point fingers like, no, it's her, it's her, it's her. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'll take the blame. I don't care at this point. You know, it's like, I like to just have a good time, chill, hang out. I'll take the blame. I'm still going to live my life. It is what it is. So I, I see exactly that. I hope. And I think that people who listen to my podcast too, like we all share this open mindset of we don't see a lot. Also, you're kind of short. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm watching you are three, literally like, no, I'm like five, four. I don't know. The doctors on a good day. You're five, four. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe five, five, five. I think I'm five, four. I'm so short. I'm the shortest and the youngest girl in the house. Okay. So like I'm watching real housewives of Atlanta for the first time and I'm watching candy, you know, talk about the smalls. And I kind of felt like it was like this, like a smalls moment, like you're small, you have someone coming up in your face. And when that happens, you already feel such a sense of like someone's towering over you. And it puts you in this, like, can you back up? Can we bring this down? Like what? This feels like an attack. It does. I, in, in that moment, um, with the whole Mariah thing and the laundry when she was in my face, um, people have to realize we're adults. We could sit down, you know, at a distance, but when you're like in someone's face, of course I'm going to get defensive because I'm not going to let somebody come in my face or, you know, get aggressive or have a tone with me. It's like, I'm not a punk. I'm not going to let somebody do that. So for me, it's like, girl, chill out. I was honestly confused because I didn't find out Amir did that until like after the show when I saw it. And like, I think Shanice might've told me, but like, I didn't believe her. Cause I'm like, bitch, you're lying. Like why he would, he would tell me like, right. he would say, Hey, like I did this. I'm sorry. He didn't say anything. So for me, it was just kind of like, damn, like this could have all been prevented, but there's other ways to handle it. And when she came at me in that moment, cause she was frustrated I like if I had a truly in my hand or some type of alcohol yeah. <laughs> to go out. So I'm just like, what do you, what happened now? What are you talking about? First in dog airs. Now I was, and I'm thinking back like, huh? Like you said you moved my laundry and I said, okay, that's fine. And somehow the dog stuff got mixed in, but you moved my personal laundry. So like, isn't that your fault? Or I was confused. I was like, the only thing I remember doing was doing my chores and getting the the community towels from the pool. It wasn't people's personal body towels. It was the outside pool towels and then doing the laundry. And then I wouldn't put the dog stuff with it. So I was just kind of like, hmm, if I did, that was a mistake. But oh, I know I was like, Amir, what's going on? Yes. Like the second time I rewatched, I'm like, okay, so this is all on Amir. <laughs> like, like he could have definitely stepped in. And then while I like, don't, I'm not mad at him because he has this very Tom Schwartz ignorance about himself where he's like stupid and cute. Like, it's like, okay, Amir. But at the same time, I'm like typical man to like, let this happen. 
knowing that it's your own ignorance or fall and you just are like, well, I, I'm not going to say anything right now. I'm just going to let this happen. Yeah, um, I mean, cringe. For me, I was like, oh, you should have said something like this is crazy because it could have escalated. I think if Jasmine would have never stepped in, it may have escalated. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I don't like I don't go around fighting people. I don't do that. But it's just like, OK, like this is too much like back up, like, you know, and I felt like he should have stepped in and been like, you know what, guys, like. It was me. I'm sorry. Let's go out and have drinks and like drink and have shots about it. But I'm not mad at him. It is what it is. You know, we've moved past it. But, uh, you know, yeah, we still noticed. Like, yeah. That, yeah, that that's the main point. Okay. I want to go back a little bit because you said that you watched Summer House. And I kind of want to start with who's your favorite, like from original Summer House? Paige is my favorite. I love her style. I just... Love her haircut. I just love everything about her. I love how free she is. She just has a good time. She sticks up for herself. Like I see a little bit of characteristics as well, like as sticking up for herself in different situations, like how I felt. But like, she's so fly. And I'm like, and she actually DM'd me, uh, like, I think a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago. And she's just like, I'm obsessed with you. You're so dope. So I was so starstruck. I was like, oh my God, I love you. I'm obsessed with you as well. Um, so it was nice to have that DM from her because she is just amazing. Like, I'm like, I okay, love I love that. Yeah, you guys are both the two like stylists from Summer House. Like each season, yeah. you guys are both the ones who look the best and have the best outfits. Yeah, sorry, Nick. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> your out your wardrobe might be the most expensive, but it doesn't mean it's the best, Nick. Shade. Just <laughs> um, are you team Danielle or team Lindsay after the last episode? I honestly love Danielle. Um, I run into her a lot in the city. <laughs> She's so dope. And I would just say I, I love Danielle. Love her. She's okay. So cool. I'm Very open good. to that. Simon loves her as well. Like he's like, she's so cool. She's so down to earth. Um, you know, I don't know. She's a cool person. I love her energy. I love how she, like, she's just the life of the party, Danielle all day. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm willing to like, think that it could be the alcohol for her too. Like I'm inclined to say I felt for Lindsay for the first time, you know, watching summer house, but Danielle could just be a mess from her relationship. The guy doesn't seem that great. He didn't seem awesome um, and drinking and it's hot. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, drinking plays a big part in a lot of scenarios. Um, I mean, even watching Summer House, Lindsay's have had her moments as well. And I do love Lindsay as well. I love how outgoing and crazy she is and she just don't care. Um, she reminds me of a close family member. That's a cousin. Like, I'm like, oh my God, you remind me of Lindsay from summer house every time I see my cousin, but like alcohol plays a big part in it. And like, even for me, like I own up to it. I was drunk 99% of the time. So of course in arguments, I'm probably going to be on 10 and very extra and dramatic, but it's the fuel inside my system. If I was sober, I would handle it completely different. So, um, when people are on substance, I don't like you know, yes, I hold them accountable for it, but they're not in their right state of mind. Let them sober and handle the situation um, versus being, you know, under the influence. So you're yeah. right. I mean, that is the sole reason, like multiple group vacations I've done where couples end up arguing after each has had so many beers throughout the day, yeah. so many mixed drinks. It's traumatized me in the sense that like, 
I don't really love to like go in extras anymore. I don't love group outings anymore. So, and just knowing that alcohol was at the center of demise for all of it and sober, nothing would have happened. Like that's my like, like hitch in my brain with alcohol at this state in life. But there's a balance, you know, you should know, like, I mean, it's very, very hard. Me and my best friend Hartley, we talk about this all the time because when we go out to drink, we just can't stop. And then when you start feeling sober, like you're like, oh, I want to drink more, but you're not really sober. It's just, I don't know what what that feeling is because usually we'll drink and have like three cocktails and then I'll chill for a bit or eat something. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling sober. Like I want to drink another more. And then next thing you know, I'm hit with this alcoholic, like, uh, what is it called? Drunkenness. And I'm like, oh my God, I overdid it. And then that might get myself into trouble. So I try to balance. Like when I go out with Simon, I mean, we are that couple, like in the beginning of our relationship, it was like fun. And then the like the middle part, when we would go out and I would drink, I would go like crazy if something was to happen. Like if a girl said something or did something inappropriate, yeah, I would snap. So then we like, I was like, okay, well, I'll start with just two cocktails for the night and then drink like a bottle of water and then see how I feel and then continue. And that really helps, you know, with outings and, you know, smaller settings um, with people in big settings as well. So you just got to balance and drink water in between. There's like a water rule, like one like cocktail and then one glass of water, a cocktail glass of water to help balance that out. You're so or right. Beer. Like beer is good too. You, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't I'm trying it. to get back into it. It's so hard because too, like, I don't know if you, what I'm older than you. I'm sure I'm 28. I'm 28. I just turned. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel old. So like, let me just, (laughs) let me say like I bartended in college and I would drink like every time I worked. So if I worked six days a week, like I'm, I'm partying, I'm in college, I'm young, I'm hot pastor's daughter away from whatever. So, but now when I drink, I'll throw up after like two beers and it's like, I don't know what happened to me, but like, that's my other part. So I'm trying to do like an amaretto sour or a whiskey sour. And then I'll drink, like you just said, I'll do like a couple of waters and then I'll return for another drink and I'm good. But it's a balance of being bitchy and being sick. And I have to like ride it so carefully. <laughs> Maybe you're allergic to it. Like I always I could be sick after alcohol. Like, I'm allergic to it. Like don't offer it. Don't offer it. But for me, I started when I, I stopped drinking hard liquor. Like I can't do it. So I'll drink like the seltzer uh, alcohols is better. Cause I can't like on the show, you saw me doing like a lot of shots of like whiskey crown royal. It was bad on our liver. Um, but I always like lean in with like a rosé or a red wine, but then I start abusing that. Then I'm like, okay, well, I want to get a bottle of the Cabernet or like the Pinot and then, oh, well, I think do another bottle and the next thing you know, I'm obliviated, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm like you, girl. Yeah, it happens. It happens to the best of us. That's what it is. Like it, it just does. Okay. So I want to know what your experience was like at Playboy and also what was your specific job? Yes. So um, I worked for the Playboy Club in New York City. It was basically a members club restaurant with Playboy bunnies. It's like Hooters. They have like the Hooters girls, but this was a Playboy themed restaurant, like nice steakhouse um, with Michelin star chefs in there. And, uh, you know, we would go around and we would give out memberships and the memberships like included, we have different floors. We had a speakeasy down below and then 
we had like a concierge service where they had access to like hotels where they can get percentages off or like different events in the city. They can come in and dine up until $1,200, depending on their membership. Um, so they can come in whenever they want. They can rent out different parts of the, the restaurant because it was huge. So uh, that was the perks of, you know, being a customer coming in. And then as a bunny, Playboy bunny, you know, we served, we attended different events, we did dances. Um, as far as like the bunny hop dance, it's a traditional Playboy dance that the Playboy bunnies did back in the day. Um, what else did we did? We started doing bottle service because we turned some of the part of the club into a nightclub. So then some of the bunnies became bottle servers where that nightclub part, we would serve bottles and, um, you know, cocktails. So it was really fun. And then we had a chance to be like Playboy Bunny of the year. And then we would be flown out to L.A. to do a photo shoot and we would get a bonus. Um, we would have movie night, um, all types of cool stuff. So it was really fun there because uh, Jordan and Shanice are playmates. So they were the ones that are like at the Hugh Hefner events. Playmates live with Hugh Hefner, some of them, and then some of them don't. So uh, they were the playmates. There was a lot of playmates that worked there. They would go to the inauguration, like different. They would do pride festival events. So they would go to basketball games. Like that was their job. They had a big job. And then the bunnies were the ones that, you know, would work events as well, but like did restaurant stuff. So bringing those two together and like, you know, me, Shanice, Jasmine and Jordan, it was just really fun because, you know, they had all different types of bunnies. They had uh, the black bunnies, they had Spanish bunnies, they had white bunnies, Albanian bunnies. So, you know, it was cool to be, you know, the black bunnies, the chocolate bunnies. Right. And I think we just became close because we're like, oh, we're the, be and it was all beautiful women from, I mean, we had girls from Alabama, South Carolina, Texas, everywhere. And uh, all around the world come in this one place. It was like 40 of us. So uh, it was a great experience. It only lasted for a year and then it closed down after, but we still kept those friendships and it's a sisterhood as well. Um, there's other clubs. There's one in London. I think there's one in Mumbai, Las Vegas um, and other different parts of the world. So we did have the London, some of the London people come and visit us. I haven't been to the London location yet, but unfortunately ours is closed down. But we, like I said, we did keep those cool friendships and relationships. So it was really nice. It sounds like it's like a really good networking opportunity. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Like good oh, place yeah. to meet it, friends, good networking. I mean, it's like a Soho house for Playboy Bunny. It's like a fantasy in a way because, I mean, we met... NFL players, NBA players, politicians, uh, big lawyers, um, producers, DJs from around the world. So, you know, celebrities, they would always come in. So it was great for networking and, you know, keeping those great relationships. And like when you're selling bottle service and you have, you know, these clients that like you and they come in and they spend a great amount of money, you know, that's going, that's your paycheck. So it was really nice to network with all of these different high elites and be in that environment. It was a dream every day. We had a lounge bunny room where we can get glammed up and do our makeup and our uniforms were back there with like our names on it. So it was just really, really nice. I wish it was still open. I would still be there. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun. Like honestly, if it was open, I would go and I would see what oh, it was yeah. like. You, could probably get, you would definitely get hired. They would hire Oh yeah, you. I'll, get, I'll get hired there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like a backup. It's a possibility. Yes. Who invited you to the house? Was it Jasmine? It was Shanice. Oh, okay. Yes, it was Shanice. 
So Shanice was like invited, but not able to be there as much. And you were able to be there longer. So for her, she had work on the weekday, so she can only come out on the weekends. And uh, she's a little bit closer to uh, Jordan and Jasmine. You know, they would hang out regularly in the city when she would fly in and out. And then me, I was living in California at the time and she's in Arizona. So we were always together nonstop because we're close by and she would always try to come see me. Um, So for me, you know, yeah, I would keep up with Jasmine and Jordan through Instagram and like, Hey, how are you guys doing? But she was always like on vacations. Like she went to Jasmine's bachelorette party. You know, she was always, she went to their last year's um, Martha's Vineyard trip as well. So, you know, they were closer and she's like, you know what, let's bring Bria out. That's my best friend. You know, she's cool. You guys know her. She taught you guys talk to her through Instagram. Like she's dope. And uh, then, yeah, that's when I came out. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So that's interesting. I had no, I actually had no idea that that's a fun fact. Yeah. Um, so I had this written in. So okay. what is your like dynamic with Jasmine now? Like after the show? We're cordial. Um, we, you know, respect each other. Everyone still has a busy lifestyle. Um, she's, you know, doing her thing with Silas and I'm doing with my thing with Simon we live in the same city. Um, there's been events where, you know, we can go out and hang out, but I just haven't been able to make it to the events, but no, we're cool. We are on texting terms, um, as well as we're all in a group chat, even Mariah's in our group chat as well. So, you know, we're all on respectable terms. We just mind our business, you know, but there is still that like missing piece to the puzzle because there is a weirdness between us that the viewers get to see, And I still don't know where that stems from. So I'm still hoping to get down to the bottom of that soon because it is awkward in certain scenarios. Yeah. Like as as an objective person, I'm inclined to think that some strangeness brews from the fact that you guys work together and Mm -hmm. that it's like a sense of like competitiveness, you know? So I kind of think you were onto something when you suspected that um, the hesitancy for Simon coming was not wanting to take away her and Silas being the power couple of the house. So I think you, I think that might be part of it. And none of that would be, you know, revealed without either therapy or deep reflection, you know? And for me, it's like, we can assume all day. I mean, you know, that's an assumption I'm making. Like, Absolutely. That, but it's, um, you know, that has none of nothing to do with me. I always say it's none of my business how people feel because like, I don't think I wasn't coming into the house. Like, I'm going to take the shine away from everybody. Like, I think like that. I'm like, where's the alcohol? Where's the pool? Like, I want to turn up. Miles here. Simon's <laughs> coming. Like, I, I want to be cool with everybody. Have a good time. Turn up. It's like, I love going on vacation. I'm not like premeditating on how this is going to go. So when all of that stuff was going down, I'm like, I never did anything to her at the Playboy Club. You know, we were close. We would go out. We would have drinks. We would have a good time. We were cool. We were close. So I'm not sure where that comes from. Like I said, it has nothing to do with me. That's something within her because I didn't have a problem. When I came in, it was all love. Like, oh my God, stranger, what's up? And then it was kind of just like this, like, ah, like the dog and this and that. And I'm just like, I don't, the vibe was off from there. And then that's was just like, okay, this is probably going to go downhill from here. But when I came in, it was all love and just um, ready to turn up and have a good time. So I was a little sad and just like, damn, but taken back. 
That really resonates with me just as far as it not really being your problem, you know, or being able to control someone's feelings because I'm in a, you know, I overthink and it's like, why, you know, that's such a great perspective. I think a lot of people, it's like, you can't control what people are thinking, how they feel or what premeditation they're going through before going into a process. That is none of your business. Like, even if she was to tell me, oh, this is how I feel. I'd be like, that's still none of my business. That's something you have to sit and figure out as a person. If I go into a setting with a group of pretty women and I'm just like, oh, if I go out and sit with them, these guys are not going to look at me or I'm going to be treated different. That's mental stuff that I'm going through. It has nothing to do with those women. So it's like I don't it's it's something like I said within her. I've never I'm a nice person. I don't cause conflict with anybody. I've never done anything, cursed anybody out outside of us being friends. I've never disrespected our friendship. So I don't know what that could be. Like I said, it could just be like an internal thing with her, but that's an assumption. So I don't know. Well, that's a great, it's a great assumption to just know that, you know, when you haven't done anything to someone that it is just coming from somewhere within and we're all projecting as viewers, we project, we watch scenarios happen. We picture ourselves in them. We project our feelings. So yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yes. Going back to Mariah for just a second, when I rewatched this, I Mm -hmm. felt like number one, as we, as we already talked about, I felt like it's a lot to have someone come up in your space. Yes. Number two, um, I felt like it was sort of like if Phil had to leave your friend who came into the house that Mariah has to leave because Mariah touched you and it was a, you know, a, a thing. So do you think that that was part of it? Like in the moment versus you just being like, I want Mariah to leave. Do you think it was just like fair is fair. Phil has to leave. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. Mariah should go too, because I was the one that's touched. Of course. I think it's fair is fair because Phil didn't touch anybody. He just came in there on a hundred. He was just lit. You know, he had a lot of 1942 and, you know, yes, he was being very disrespectful to everybody. But when somebody's physically coming into your face and touching you, poking you, whatever, you're still putting your hands on somebody. You're still assaulting somebody, regardless what, what it is. You can throw a bottle or a can at somebody. That's assault. Like if the police see that you throw something at somebody, that's assault, you know? So it's like, for me, it's just like, okay, this person got aggressive over some dog stuff, like dog stuff that I did not do without sitting me down properly And talking to me like an adult, like, hey, you know, like, I think the dog stuff got mixed in just being a little too much about it. I was like, yo, she has to go. Like, if he has to go, she has to go. I mean, like, yeah, he pooped in somebody's toilet and didn't flush it. But I think he was going to flush it. I mean, a lot of those clips that I saw, I didn't get to really see what was happening because when that was happening, I was actually in the shower. So, you know, when you get to see everything play out, it's just like, wow, like that's what I miss. Cause you don't really, some people don't really get, we don't get to see certain scenarios or certain conversations that happen privately in someone's room or what they're doing. Um, so I was just like, damn, like he could have just apologized and said, Hey guys, like I was under the influence. I was a little bit too much and disrespectful. I'm sorry. And then I think it would have been fine. But, you know, when they were like, no, he has to go. He's doing too much. Um, That's when I'm like, okay, well, like she has to go too, because that's would only be fair. I mean, like, don't forget what she just did. And then she gets away with it because there could be another scenario where it could escalate. So we were trying to deescalate things from happening for the future, you know? 
that's how I perceived it. Like when I rewatched it, like, you know, I am a fan of Mariah. I'm interested in the screenwriting. Mm -hmm. Like I love all of that. But at the same time, I did feel like when I watched it a second time, like fair is fair. If I'm putting myself in that situation, it's like my friend goes, your friend goes, end of story. And that's for me too. Like in any situation, if I have a friend like, first of all, I'm not bringing friends on vacation that's going to get physical with anybody. Like, that's not a thing. Um, so it's like I wouldn't put other people in harm's way. That's not fair. And I felt like with Jasmine, like, she couldn't understand. Like, I know that's your best friend. And even in different parts, Mariah was like, you know, like, oh, this is not me. I was out of character a little bit. It's just kind of like, but what would take you there? It was just dog stuff. And it wasn't even my fault. So... Um, like I said, I, I didn't want it to escalate to something else because, you know, as the season goes on, you can see more scenarios and more scenarios and more scenarios and you wouldn't know how the outcome would be with certain people in the house. So, I mean, I think it was best at that time in that moment. And that's true. People can never predict themselves, like jumping to the end for a second. Like you could never look at Summer and predict that she would have a moment with you later in the season, But, but like everybody has something that makes them snap with alcohol yes, and it, 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 it just happens. And it's, you know, I love to see the makeup between the two of you because I liked the accountability on summer's part. Right. And I liked how you kind of had like me and my friends watching, we were like, it's like divine intervention. Like the suitcase tripped Bria, kept Bria from summer. You know what I mean? Like kept things yes. from getting worse. Like it was like, God was like, Nope. Yeah, I literally actually I tripped on Milo's freaking water bowl and freaking flipped over and I was soaked and I was just like so angry. But like, I love Summer. I want everyone to know that we are like this. I love her. That was all love. She had my back with all the different situations. Milo, with all the different situations, he's like scratching Milo, (laughs) all the different, you know, situations and she it was a sister sisterly love you know like she loves simon she loves me she just wants us to be peace milo please i don't know what he's doing you hear the scratching i can hear i just now heard him when you said that he he wants to come up he's like don't say my name and not show me come here i want to show you (laughs) um so for us it was it was all love and um it was kind of like a sisterly fight. Like, I'm going to kill you. Absolutely. People fail to realize I was just in a bad mood. I'm just like, just get out of my room, please. Like, I'm in a bad mood. And she's like, I just want to talk to you. It's like <laughs> a sister. It was not like, I'm going to go kill her. I, was I did not see that. Yeah, I totally. in that moment. And then when everyone saw me like, ah, I'm going to get her. It, you know, it was, it was funny. But, you know, it, it's all love. It, I don't hold that against her. You know, she's a very kind person and loving person. It just, I was in a really bad mood and, um, you know, with Simon and our like situation that had happened with him watching Milo. And that's another thing is that we live on the water. So when I was going to do something, um, I wanted him to like watch Milo cause Milo likes to run out the house mm-hmm. and he likes to go down to, to the beach and at night it's high tide. So if he goes down those stairs, it leads right into the water. Like he can get sucked out. So I think people were failing to realize like, oh, he's your service animal. He has to go everywhere you go. But it's like service. E- I mean, ESA, let me specify that ESA animal. But it's like ESA animals don't go everywhere we go in the house. Like, yes, he follows me around and I have him on a leash 
so that he doesn't run outside and go down to the water. Um, but like, if I'm going to the bathroom or if I'm going to talk with somebody, he could stay with Simon. He's Simon's dog as well. Like he's like, Simon, he's Simon's his dad. He actually loves Simon more than me like, <laughs> with Simon. So the viewers, you know, were saying like, oh, it's your dog and da, 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 da. But it's like ESA animals. Yeah. They're allowed to stay in housing. They're there emotionally. So like, if you are going through like an emotional breakdown or you feel lonely, you know, they're there to be there for you, but they don't have to follow you into the bathroom. Like you're not going to have like an episode in the bathroom or like downstairs in the garage. So I was like, Hey, Simon, watch him. And then I see him running outside going down to the beach. That's when I like freaked out. And I would I freak out too. On Simon. Cause I was like, I told you to watch him for a quick second. So then I had to go outside and get Milo and bring him back in. And then that's when I just wigged out on Simon. Cause I'm like, listen, like he can drown. He can die. I mean, like Simon's not a random person. He's my, my, my spouse. So it's like, if I say, Hey, can you watch Milo? It shouldn't be an issue, but I know people were like kind of confused with that. But Simon, you know, I don't yell at him because <laughs> a lot of people are like, Oh, you yell at him. You mistreat him in Milo. I'm like, no, like I'm the sweetest person ever. Um, it takes a lot to get me to that point to go off and be upset. But yeah, Milo's safety was in harm's way. So of course I'm going to freak out because it's pitch black down there. You can't see anything. He's not responding. So it was uh, a tough moment, but you know, Summer was trying to like diffuse everything and just got caught between two couples under the influence having an argument over the dog and, you know, took the heat when I was like, listen, like just remove yourself. Don't be a therapist to my, my issues. I can handle it. So yeah. That's a good lesson too. Like, first of all, I want to empathize because anytime the times I've reacted the worst in my life is when I'm scared for either my own safety or like somebody, something I love. And like, even when my dogs like run in the street, the feeling you have is like, if anybody comes up to you in that moment, like, don't fuck with me because I'm like, it's like, I'm in peril right now. Like, I can't think of anything except get the dog. So I empathize with you a hundred percent. Like I, I didn't even think that you would think that there's a fence, you know what I mean? The fence was open. We do have a fence, but it was open. And I think too, I have like, like a trauma because I had a Pomeranian was my first, uh, ESA animal. And, uh, he was actually, I was living in the Hamptons and I let him out to use the bathroom, just like how Milo goes out. And he was taken by a red tail hawk. But he was released from the air and dropped in the wood. And it was pitch black. So all I remember was I would let him out like around 5 a.m. And it was pitch black. It was like a when the time went back or I don't know if it was daylight. Right. even got darker early. And uh, I let him out to use the bathroom. He was always fine. And I'm in the bathroom and I we have the window open. And I just hear my dog yelping. And I and it's like. 5 a.m. and I get up and go outside and I hear the yelping and I'm screaming and I can't find him because it's pitch black. And then I take my phone light and all I see is a big bird, like big wings, the size of my arms, like fly in the air. And I'm like, my Pomeranian's gone. So then I freaking wake up my ex at the time because this was like a long, this was like 2015, 2016. And I, um, I was like, my uh, no, his name is Casanova. I'm like, Casanova has been taken. And I was so devastated. And then next thing you know, like 10 minutes later, 
after me, like I'm freaking out on the floor crying. He comes like limping, walking in. So I don't know how he got free. So after that, I'm very paranoid with my dogs. And I'm like a helicopter mom because like I am very close to my animals. Uh, You know, my brother has a dog. My mom has a dog. And I call them my animals. My grandma has a a pit bull. So I'm very close with animals. And I love and I should be a zookeeper. I love animals. So Milo is literally like my child. And if anything was to happen, I would probably be depressed for the rest of my life. So after that incident with Casanova, I, you know, I, it always stuck in the back of my head. Like, okay, I am in Martha's Vineyard. I don't know if there's any hawks around, but I do know that if that gate's open, he does run down to the water and something could happen. So I was very cautious with him and I would run around with him on the leash, which he was fine because I, I would drag him around, but he mm-hmm. loved we rough play, but it was for his safety and um, just so that because he would run straight down to the beach every time. And during the day, I would let him because it's low tide, but I would have to go down to the beach, go bring him back up. And he mm-hmm. would just like to go walk on the beach. And I'm just like, Aww. OK, at night it would be high tide. The water would be up to the rocks. And I'm like, he can get sucked out. So um, I-, I wanted to clear that up, too, because people were like, she's running around with the dog on a leash and like. He's and he does go everywhere I go. Yes, I am that dog mom that brings Milo everywhere. Like he's going to church with me. He's going to like the restaurants. I'm that person. He's going to the bar like and uh, Brooklyn. I live in Williamsburg, so they're very dog friendly. You can't tell people what to do with their dogs. Their dogs are. (laughs) So that's how he's my best friend. And, you know, I'm glad to have him with me every day. And I love that. And let's not judge people for their dogs either. Like that's so despicable. Like don't judge people for their animals. Like some people just don't feel that same closeness with humans. Like it just doesn't cut it. Or people fail to realize too, that some people can't have kids. So then they turn to animals um, because they can't have babies and they don't want to adopt. So then they'll have dogs or they'll get older and they can't have kids anymore. So then they'll have like three or four dogs. Um, with me, um, the reason why I have an ESA animal, I talked about this in another podcast interview is because when I was younger at the age of 15, I was laced from smoking weed. So I was having, uh, I was stuck in like a depression and just didn't want to do anything. I couldn't go to school. I was having these breakdowns and my therapist was like, you know, why don't you try animal therapy and getting an emotional support animal to help and with responsibility and taking your mind off of feeling depressed and sad every day because now you have this responsibility and you can take the dog out for walks and you know you have to babe the dog. It's like, you know, having a baby or something. So my first ESA was Casanova the Pomeranian and that really helped me um, with snapping out of that depression and just, you know, having to care for somebody and something that loved you back, it just felt good. And people can grow and um, they can grow out of those different stages. So it's like when people see me, they're like, oh, she's pretty. She's normal. Like she goes on vacation. She doesn't seem like she needs an ESA, but you don't know behind this is flesh. Like you don't know what I'm feeling internally. And yes, there has been a lot of growth from the age of 15 to 28. So yeah, I can go out and on date night or go on vacation without Milo because I have outgrown that. Um, But legally and from my psychiatrist and psychologist, he is my ESA animal um, on paper. And just because of the history that I've had with ups and downs, depression from being laced. And I'm glad I was able and blessed that I was able to recover from that. So because people 
who do smoke weed and get laced and go through those mental episodes, they don't come back sometimes. So I think my therapist and everybody who helped me and recommended animal therapy and working out and having responsibility, because I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't have that. So thank yeah. you for sharing yeah. that because I, I have a friend that had that experience and I've just never heard of someone that had the same thing happen. Yes. Um, and it can change and alter your life. It can alter and does your brain yes. chemistry forever. Yes. I was like, I was uh, in, I, I would say zoned out for two months. So I was, I, I think I lost like 15 pounds. I couldn't eat. I couldn't go to school. I had to get homeschooled because I couldn't like focus like normal people had to have breakdowns and panic attacks. Um, they wanted to give me Xanax and other medic self-medicated things to help people with panic attacks and anxiety. And then there was this one nurse that I thank her because I seen a lot of my friends strung out on Xanax and other pills. She was like, I would just let her go through whatever it is she's going through. Don't put her on any medications because it would make her worse. So then after that, my mom started therapy with me, sending me to therapy. And like, I would go to church every day because my parents have never touched drugs and they don't know anything about it. So they didn't know how to help me. And they just was like, okay, let's take her to church. Maybe like God or the preacher can help her. But, uh, you know, therapy and, uh, you know, having a great support system. And just, like I said, always having responsibility. I couldn't go to school. So I ended up being homeschooled for a little bit. And then I was able to go back to school. But I don't know. One day after two months of crying every day, not wanting to like be alive, depressed, I woke up after like a like exactly two months. And I just was like, I didn't cry. I didn't have an episode. Like I would go to out with my mom and I would just freak out and have a meltdown and just like, Oh my God, my world is crashing and just start crying. I got to go home, like freaking out. I was freaking her out. So then I would just like sleep on the couch. And then like, if I went to sleep for that night and like anybody woke me up, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. I would cry myself to sleep to the next morning so it was that bad and I couldn't eat any like solid foods. I would have to eat only green juices because that was the only thing that helped me. <laughs> Milo, he wants to do a little He wants to come up. Hi, Milo. So, um, you know, that two month mark snapped out of it. And um, I was scared because I was like, hey, mom, I didn't cry today. I didn't have a panic attack. I didn't have anything. And at that time, it was like, you know, almost time for me to graduate and go to college. So then when I was still in therapy, you know, they're like, okay, well, you're going to go off to college now. You're going to be in a dorm. We can recommend, you know, pet therapy. Maybe an ESA will help in your dorm. So when you're alone, because whenever I was alone, I would freak out. That would help. And then after that day, you know, when I had my dog, it was gone. And it's a miracle because like I said, I heard of stories of different people where they're like, my friends never came back and they're like a vegetable or they just can't leave the house or do normal things anymore. So it's a blessing. And my parents were scared. Like my mom was like ready to put me in a crazy hospital because she didn't know if I would be able to like snap out of that. But I grew like, I just, I don't know, like the power of God. And ever since then, I don't touch weed. I don't smoke any weed. Like I'll have alcohol, but that's it. I don't mess around with any drugs or no LSDs or anything. Cause I'm scared. I don't so. blame you. That's a, that's like a harrowing experience that like, after you have that, I don't, I don't blame never wanting to touch this stuff yes. again. Cause you I just, just don't you know take life for, you know, you take like a life for like, you know, you just take, what is it for granted? Yeah. And 
you know, going through that was so emotionally exhausting. So I was just like, you know what, um, I'd rather just not go through that ever again in life. So now I get why my parents say, don't touch drugs, don't do drugs, don't dip and dab because you never know what can happen. It's so true. Like I'm a, I'm a pothead, but like I get mine from the dispensary and I remember the days. Yeah. I remember the days where it was sketchy and you sometimes would smoke weird stuff. And, um, I took it from a friend that I thought was, you know, she took it from somebody else. So, you know, and like, it's like, Oh, there's something else in it. It's fine. Or it's cool. And you're young. And it's like, what, like, no, that wasn't cool. What were we doing? What was that? It's, it's not good for our brains. Um, so quickly, I think that you're even, especially after knowing all of this, I even more so think that you're one of the most interesting cast members, like on this show, just to yes. list a couple of your accomplishments. First of all, you brought Milo, which was really cool. Love that. But you love to bowl. You have a degree in fashion. Your boyfriend is in Germany. You have a history with Playboy. You also did an OnlyFans with Shanice, which was interesting. And you have a vegan skincare line coming. So yes. you have a, like your toe in every business avenue, essentially. I think being a Gemini, we're all over the place. And like my boyfriend, he's an entrepreneur. And one year, you know, being in Germany and seeing how his business operates and he's in the watch business. He's a reseller for luxury watches. I was just kind of motivated because I was behind the scenes just learning a lot. And that's what I love about him is that he teaches me a lot about the business. He's not using it to control me like, oh yeah, I'm successful and I can control you with my money or whatever. No, he's like, I'm going to teach you how to make the money and teach you how to run a business. So for me, when you see like, and you have the funds and you see so many different avenues and like you can go down, it's, it's amazing. Like he was the one who gifted me House of Louisa, the clothing brand. It was his brand that was successful in Munich, Germany. And then he, he just had leftover stock and he's like, yeah, I can't pursue it anymore. I'm doing other things. And I was, and I ended up selling, you know, majority of the dresses out in Munich when I was there. And I think we're, we're out of stock. We have purses left. We don't have any more of the dresses left or like um, from that collection. But like, when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, I could sell this. I could do this. Cause I was always selling things on Poshmark. And that's what I loved about fashion because I would wear things. And then I would like go to different boutiques and find things on sale and then just up the price and resell it. So he was in that market for watches and also designer bags and clothing for women. And he also had a woman's shoe line. So he, you know, inspired me. And then when I was like, okay, like I want to start a skincare line, but I want to start off with lip kits. It was supposed to come out this June, but then I like was in France and then I got in trouble. You know, I don't know if you heard the story with the whole French thing when I was falsely arrested. So I had to push back the date of the release for my skincare line because I was dealing with the whole case. I'm still dealing with the case um, with the lawyers and stuff from France. But, um, you know, when you start learning more about skincare and what you want to do and what you like, it just becomes easy. And then when you know, like the marketing side and like how to do sales and scale everything, it's just, it's easy. And you're like, damn, I can do any type of business that I want to do. So that's where like, I got motivated to do the skincare because I love everything about beauty and just being beautiful. And then also being a woman of color, not having that many beautiful colors. Cause you know, sometimes I put on eyeshadows and it's not for my skin color or I'll have a lip kit that's not for my skin color. So my lip kits that I have, you know, I already have them manufactured. They're out. I have them in my room. You know, they're for all different skin colors and skin types. It, it's a matte 
lipstick, but it's coconut based and it's all natural um, products inside. And I can't wait to like put it out there. I think I want to do a soft launch in like the next month or so just to see the reviews on it. And then if it is, then if it does good, then I'll do more. But I have these two colors and they're like brown colors and like a violet color because I love dark colors. And I know everyone loves their into that new like dark outlining the lip and then filling it in. So yes, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. But I there's a lot more that I want to do. Like I, I love real estate. So one day I'm hoping to do like a fixer upper where I can get like a house somewhere in the middle of nowhere and fix it up and rent it out as Airbnb. Um, I just, I like doing a lot of different things. Like, like I said, I'm ADD. One minute I'll start. <laughs> you need to like finish one. You announce these things, but then you're not like promoting it. I'm like, no, the lip kids are going to come out. They're going to come out. Don't worry. So I'm working on that. Like as we speak. Okay. So a couple comments, one, yeah. keep us posted on the lip kits. I'm super, super excited about that. I will definitely be buying one and telling my friends. So I'm pumped. Nice. Um, what was the second thing that I was going to say? Oh, we love a supportive partner because shout out to Simon for motivating you. And like you said, in like a heteronormative relationship, like there's such a thing that happens where men like to hold money or power over their women. And yes. like, it, it's such a thing to to break, to have a healthy relationship. And I like to see that he wants you to be empowered and equaled and all have the opportunities. Of course. No, I appreciate that because a lot of people see him and they're like, oh, he's wealthy. He's a millionaire. He's this, he's that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not getting like, like I'm not getting Hermes bags or Rolexes or like he's not paying for my apartment like or my car or anything. Like this is stuff that I had before I met him. Like I had a successful life before I met Simon, but you know why God brought Simon into my life is because I was successfully on that same level as him at that time that we met. It took a while. That's why when I was dating all those other men who couldn't be on my level or who just took advantage of me because we weren't, I wasn't loving myself. I wasn't there. So when I started to love myself and take my career serious and what, you know, fashion and being, um, doing luxury consignment, and, you know, working as a cocktail waitress, saving my money and just always reinvesting and loving myself. And, you know, I got my apartment, Milo, I got my apartment and then my, my car here. Like I had a dope life. So when I met Simon, when he introduced himself to me in Cannes at the film festival, we were on the same level. Obviously, yeah, he has millions of dollars and I don't, but like I could still, I paid for all my stuff. You know, I told him, come here. I have a fly ass apartment in New York city, you know? So when he comes here, he drives my car. He's in my <laughs> and you know, he's taking a shower in my shower. He's eating my food that I pay He's on for. your show. He's on my show. So right. you know, people fail to realize that. And, you know, like I said, I've, dated successful men in the past who will dangle that and won't show you. You'll be like, oh, well, I want to start a business or I want to invest. And they're just like, oh, honey, just like sit at home and just look pretty, which is fine if you like that. But no, I want to be out there and I want to have a business and make my own money and invest and be a billionaire like you or a millionaire like you one day. So the yes. fact that shows me the blueprint, like literally written down and teaches me everything like from A, B and C and D. I'm like, oh yeah, you're the one because like, you yes, know, it's, it, it's, it's great. He's making me a stronger woman and he's not enabling any bad behavior or like brattiness or, um, 
people say that I'm very bratty and like entitled, but I'm like, no, I'm not like, yeah, I come from a nice black family that my, both my parents worked and, you know, they had money and I come from a middle-class family and they knew how to save and everything. So, um, I don't think there's any entitlement. I think there's a lot of hard work behind there and people like see my lifestyle and think that I got it easy, but no, my first job was 15 years old at McDonald's working for two years there. Then I worked for Amber Combi and Fitch And then I worked as a private assistant and then I just kept on leveling up and now I'm here where I am now. So it it comes from hard work and yeah, we should be able to live the life we want if we're working hard every day. So absolutely. I feel like that's also just like very like anti-black thinking sort of, because why, why is it, you know, even just to go to original summer house, like Gabby Prescott is called that too. Like she's in tight, they call her entitled and whatever. And it's like, just because she comes from an affluent, you know, wealthier black family doesn't mean that you should have to minimize that or not have standards or that all of a sudden you become entitled when white people do that every single day. Like I don't see that. But you know what it's coming from? I'm. I, it's coming from the people of color. So like, I hate to say it, but I have to be honest. It's not coming. The white community is not saying that I'm entitled or I'm bratty or I think I'm better than everybody. It's coming from my own people, which is even sad because it's like you should be happy that, you know, you have a, a what is it called? Like a professional black women and men that work hard to get where they are and to be able to have nice things and to be able to go on nice vacations and you can do it too. You shouldn't knock them or tear them down for it. It's possible for you to do it as well. Like I tell people this all the time. This is why I want to have my YouTube channel where I explain how to ball on a budget. Like you can go to like Maldives or Bora Bora or like Cannes or the South of France on a budget and just, you know, saving up points or like having good credit and getting like, uh, if you have good credit, you can get a credit card for flights or for like hotels. Like there's so many different ways. Like Simon and I fly because we save our miles. We don't go and spend, we just stack up those miles and we have great deals. And like I fly business class, but I also will fly economy just to stack up my miles because it may be cheaper. Like economy will be like $500 and then like business class is like two, 3000. But when you have mileage, you know, it's less than that. So I'll fly economy because I have to, if I'm going back and forth, I mean, this whole time, I think I did like 20 trips going back and forth from Munich to New York that stacked up. So now I got like 60,000 miles and then I can be able to fly anywhere I want for free. So, and it's like, I want to show people how they can be able to do these things and travel and even do it with kids or dogs or whatever. And it's, it has nothing to do with entitlement. It's just being educated. There's hostels. When I met Simon, I was staying at a hostel in Cannes. I was like at a hostel first. And then I uh, got an Airbnb. But it was just because like the first couple of days, it's a nice, they have nice hostels in the south of France that you can go and spend like $60 a night. But people think, okay, south of France, oh, she's there like staying at the damn five four or five right. se- four seasons. And that's not the case. So it's, you know, I got my ticket. I flew to Paris. It was like $400. I took the train all the way from Paris and to, you know, Cannes. That was like less than a hundred dollars for the train, but some people don't like to do that. You know, you want to do it bougier. You can fly into Nice or take a helicopter in, but you know, there's different ways to do it on a budget and it has nothing to do with being entitled. I was a bottle service girl waitress saved my money and you know sold clothes and made my way through Europe and 
Well, I'm excited to see your YouTube series. And I have to say too, like definitely not coming for, you know, obviously every black person's entitled to their opinion. So when I speak, it's predominantly towards white people, my mm-hmm. white listeners that are listening. Mm-hmm. So I, I won't, I won't say that somebody is anti, anti-black, like just yes. going back for a second. I just more appreciate the fact that there's so much representation on screen. So we right. see you and we see Mariah and we see Jasmine and we see Jordan and we see so many different personalities. Yes. And that's that what from. I appreciate. And be, exactly. Yeah, like like silence. Even with Mariah too. It's like, Mariah is a great mom. She's a loving mom. Like her doing her affirmations with her son, having a young black son, you know, telling him he's powerful. He's loved. Like that's amazing. And people should look up to that. And then look at Silas. He's a part of the army. He also is in finance. And then Nick, he's into fashion. And Alex, he's a singer. And, um, you know, Jasmine and Summer, you know, they're into the production side as well as Mariah. And then you have... Jordan, who's a DJ and also an entrepreneur. And um, then you have Shanice, who, you know, she works as in a dental world. So it's like everyone is coming from a successful, cool background. And it has nothing to do like with entitlement or bougie-ness or whatever. It's like we work very hard and we do come from the background of hospitality. In reality, if you think about it, we worked at the Playboy Club. We worked in you know, cocktail waitressing and just like normal people, we just know how to save our money, have good credit and literally travel on a budget and just be responsible as adults. So it's, you know, it's cool. I I want people to see that it has, like I said, it has nothing to do with being rich or coming from a rich family. Like I don't come from a rich family. I come from a comfortable family. So. Right. I, I, I can totally understand that. And like I said, I can't wait for your YouTube series on like traveling like it doesn't always have to be glamorous. Like I would take a train ride versus doing yeah. a plane ride if it's going to save me. So cool though. Like even if you go through Germany to Switzerland, the train ride, you see the snow. Like it's like what you see on those like travel pages. Yes. And some people be like, no, I'm going to just take a helicopter to, or the private plane to Switzerland. But no, the train is affordable and it's nice. So it's, you know, it's, I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> That's what it is. Going yeah. to Germany for just a second is yes. what is it like there? And like, what's a typical weekend look like? Um, for me, uh, so we, I lived in Munich and I mean, I still kind of do, we still have our residence there. Simon is there now, you know, he works there, his business is there. So he comes back and forth and I'm here in New York now. I just came back after one year of being in Germany and like, it's fun. It's a city lifestyle. Like it's at first I was kind of like, I felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't see that many black people. I'm like, what's going on? Like, where are the black people at? Where are the hip hop clubs? But you know, when you go out and there is a nightlife, you see just all diversity and different music and just, it's dope. You know, I I liked it at first. I didn't like it. I don't like the food. Okay. Sorry to say, Fair. I'm so used to like, you know, all of, you know, Chipotle and, you know, wing stop and the good stuff. And, you know, in Europe, which I appreciate, everything is fresh produce. Everything is fresh. They don't have all of those like chemicals in their food. So being there, I ate very clean, very healthy. I haven't been sick, knock on wood. Like, you know how we get in New Yorkers or like East Coast, West Coast, they get cold. They have to get the yes. flu shot. Like, no, we don't do that over in Europe. We go every day to the market. We get fresh produce. We cook our fresh meals, our fish, 
and like seafood and just live a happy life, drink our wine. So I really like the cleaner living over there. They recycle everything. They don't even like when you have your car on. Like I know a lot of Americans, like we leave our car running to go in the supermarket or we have someone sitting in a car. No, I had a lady come up to me like your car smells, turn your car off. You're like, uh, they're like, you're like, what do they say? I'm like messing up the air quality the ozone or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I respect it. And I turned my car off, you know, <laughs> so, you know, they just are very cleaner living. They don't fight. There's no confrontation there in Germany. Like if you fight, you'll go to jail. Like they just wow. don't smoke weed in public. Like they just have rules and people are very respectful of each other. Um, you, there's a lot of staring there. Like I, I noticed a lot of people stare a lot, which is different. I mean, I get stares here, but people are friendly, but a lot of people are cold and they stare and they look at you and they're just kind of like, mm. and then when I'm here and I'm with Milo, it was so funny because people are like, oh my God, I love your dog. And they'll come up to my dog and try to pet him. But I'm used to people like standoffish. I, I felt like it was rubbing off on me being a little cold with people when I came back. Um, because living there, people were cold. They just mind their business. You know, they have their significant other. They go out on the weekends. We'll go to a lounge or a nice high-class restaurant every, like, what is it? Thursday through Sunday and just go out with friends. And then if we want to like go to a different part of like, Europe, we'll go to Italy, which is like four or five hours away, or we'll go to like Switzerland or um, where else would we go? To Cannes, France. I mean, like Venice is close by. So Simon and I were always, that was another thing because people see the lifestyle like, oh my God, how are they traveling so much? Like when you're in Europe, everything's right there. Like we're in Germany, then you have Austria, which is two hours away. Then you have Switzerland, which is, which is three hours away. You have uh, Milan, Italy, which is like five hours away. And then if you drive a little couple more hours then you have France and then South of France. So then you have Monaco. So we drive a lot to wow. all the in the car and we drive our cars to these different countries and just kind of live. And, you know, I mean, yeah, gas will be like 300 euros, but that's like a road trip. And yeah, we road trip around and it's really fun, but you know, Germany is cool. Um, like I said, I love the cleaner living, but like New York has my heart, like being here, I wake up every day and I'm so excited to do something new and like to venture and see my friends and family. So it's cool. I love that. Okay. That makes me want to see Germany. Like I'm, I'm partially German. So like, that makes me okay. kind of want to like interested in seeing it. And I think they have a cool festival out in Germany at some oh, point. Oh yeah. They have the, uh, Oktoberfest, which is, oh uh, yeah. Yep. So you have to go to Oktoberfest. I went for the first time and it's insane. It's like beer and like chicken and just, it's crazy. And everyone's like just (laughs) crazy. Um, But it's, it's a fun culture. You know, it was a culture shock and it's very fun and the beer tastes better there. And uh, you know, everyone's super cool. You know, you run into some people that are just stuck in their ways but for the most part, I have cool people that I know there and that are really nice. I do need to learn Deutsch because people are like, you lived there for one year and you don't know how to speak like at least sentences, but it's very hard. It's very, very hard. Like I can understand what people are saying, but I can't speak it. So they, if they speak it with me, um, I can answer them back in English, but I can't speak German. I'm just like, eh, it's too much. That's the like, first step though. At least you can understand it. And then I feel no. like it's just natural that the next part will come to you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I know when people are talking shit, I'm like, oh, that person's talking shit and I'll call them out on it. And like, oh, <laughs> Does she speak German? No, I just know like certain words and I know what you're saying. <laughs> like, I don't got to speak German and know that you're talking shit. Like full German, 
you're saying. So it's, it's funny. Um, going back really quick too. I didn't yeah. know if you were allowed to comment on this, so I didn't want to bring it up, but your situation in can at Zara is terrible. Like I, um, like I said, because it's still ongoing, like I didn't, I wasn't really sure. How much, speak on it. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you want to know? Tell me. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that I, I'm not that su- surprised because I've heard terrible things about Paris before and Paris being racist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wasn't that surprised. I'm also not surprised it happened at Zara. I am surprised to the level that you guys were degraded um, and what is happening as far as repairing the situation for you. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. such a traumatizing experience for me. Um, it was so shocking because we were there for business. You know, I have a PR and it was a big Cannes Film Festival happening. So she had me booked for a lot of events that was there. And we were dressed because we had came from a, you know, a, a event that was happening. And we did some like paparazzi photos as well there for the event. So I was like, you know what? We have Campari which I was booked to attend uh, as a guest um, for their after party. And I'm like, let's just run out and, you know, just get a couple of items. But we were dressed up. I'm like, I didn't think it would be a problem because everybody's dressed up in even more extravagant dresses. So I'm like, let's just take a car. I took a private driver there and we were with Simon. So, you know, we were there have, paying for everything. Like I said, I had every receipt for everything And I normally don't keep receipts. I just trash them. But something told me, like, in case I want to return anything back, keep every single receipt for every transaction. And that's what we did. And I remember just uh, Simon's like, I want to go to the Gucci store. I want to find, like, a red tie for the evening. I'll meet you back at the Airbnb. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this one last boutique before I come back to the Airbnb. And that's where we were walking to, my sister and I. And then that's when we were stopped. And then that's when it all happened where they were like, oh, you're you're suspected, suspected for robbery. And I'm like, huh? Like robbery? Like what happened? And then they're like, a lady said you robbed her. And that's all they could like say. They just had broken English. And when they took us in, they wouldn't let us call. Like I hurried up and called Simon and he thought I was pranking him because I always prank him. And I'm like, no, I'm being taken. I don't know where they're taking us to. I don't trust these people. Like get here now. And they wouldn't let me wait for him. And they took us, my sister and I, she's 20 years old. They took us in. And then that's when they started like stripping us. Like they took us downstairs. There was, uh, there was all inmates like down there, help, like men banging, screaming. And I was just like, it was a very traumatizing moment because my dad is a retired cop. And he told me like all these different stories with criminals and like, you know, just it's kind of brainwashing growing up with someone who works in the forest in your home and they would come home with these different stories. So I always knew not to get in trouble because it was kind of like a military household. Like he was very strict and he would always also share stories about like criminals and what they do and always to be careful. So uh, to be down there and to never be in trouble and to go through that is very traumatizing. And I didn't know if, they would put us in there with those men because I know different countries are different. Like I know in Mexico, I heard, I don't know how true it is that like in Tijuana or somewhere, they put the woman with the men, like there's only one holding cell. So I wasn't sure. I was like, Oh my God, are they going to put us with these men? They're screaming. They're threatening us. Like I was in like fight or flight, but then also that triggered like an anxiety attack and panic attack because I'm like, Holy fuck. I don't know what's going on. They're not speaking English. 
Then one guy came out and he's like, yeah, we're trying to figure out what to do with you. But they, and I'm like, what do you mean trying to figure out what to do with you? We didn't do anything. We're innocent, but they didn't believe us. So when they stripped us butt naked to see if we had money, I paid for everything with my Apple pay. So I'm like, my Apple pay is on here. You guys could track every transaction. The money that I made is the money that's in my savings account. You could see when it was deposited and everything. So when Simon came in, because he found out what police station we were, because we shared our location from our phones, because they took our phone, but they kept them on, but we still shared the location. He was able to find us. Our parents, they didn't let us call our parents. They didn't let us call the lawyer or embassy. So we, he came in and he freaked out on them. They were speaking French. He had to get a translator to tell them they were being nasty to the translator. And then finally they got a German detective to come out and talk with Simon. And then Simon's like, you guys got this all wrong. Like she's on a reality show in the state. She's here for business. Release her right now. Like he was going off. And a detective was like, we're so sorry. Like, you know, it was a lady who said they robbed her and uh, it, it was for sure out of jealousy. And he's like, but you booked her, you stripped her. They didn't care. So they didn't give me any papers. They made me sign discharge papers without it in English. No lawyer, nothing. They didn't even report it. I go back there with the translator to try to get paperwork. They wouldn't give it to me. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess they thought, I don't know what they thought. I mean, they knew we were American. So I got a good lawyer. And I'm just like, I hired a good French lawyer who is on their ass right now and investigating. And then I also did TikTok videos because I wanted the people that were the innocent bystanders around who were recording to send me those videos if they recognized us on the streets because they were taking videos when we were being detained. Um, so the case right now is going, they're investigating. They're still trying to get more proof. And I told them, like, check the cameras. Then they're like, we want, like, your therapy sessions because we got a therapist to talk about it. We need to see okay. the certifications. So they are... Um, you know, they're working on it. And I was scared, you know, because we spent so much money on this vacation that I was even scared to go out the next couple of days. Cause I'm like, if they could just, if someone could just point at me and say that I committed a crime and I'd be taken in, it could happen again. So then I had to like, for two days I was depressed and Simon's like, you can't do this. Like you came out here for business. You need to like stay on top of your business. And then, so I kind of had to like snap out of it, but it was bittersweet for me. And then you know, I did the videos and they were taken off on TikTok. And then I ended up taking down the videos because I'm like, I don't want to keep reliving, reliving. Because then I started getting swarmed with messages every day, like hundreds of messages on Instagram of people like, are you okay? And it did make me a little depressed in the moment because I was just like, damn, like I cannot believe you see this happen to different people, like a lot of minorities all around the world, but I never thought it could happen to me, you know, and for the person to be able to like get away with this. So, or the police department. So we're still fighting. The case is still ongoing. Um, and it's going to take some time. It's very, a lot, of, it's very expensive too. And, uh, I took the videos down again because I, I put them up and I took them down again because I'm like, I don't want to like keep reliving that or that just being dragged out. Like I want it to spread awareness, like, please be careful. And I think I might upload all the footage onto YouTube, but like, as far as trying to move on and like grow with brands and stuff, it's just kind of a conflict because people are involving everyone that I want to work with for the future into this. And like, what are, what's going to happen next, but it's being taken care of. Like I have two good lawyers that are like killing it, yeah. like on it. 
and they have like the inspectorate of France on it and the mayor is notified and all the different, the Nice police station is actually investigating the Cannes police station. So it's a big investigation, but I do hope, I know they're very corrupted. The police, they're very nasty in the South of France. They just pick and mess with their, the, even their own people that live there, they mess with them. Milo and, uh, you know, they mess with the tourists as well. So they're not nice there. Like there's some type of corruption going on in that police department there. I'm so sorry that that happened. And the real, like, it, it boils down to exactly what you said. The fact that you could even just walk outside and have it happen again. Yes. They're so behind as far as the times go, educating themselves. It's clearly a very racist society where. Yeah. And that's what I didn't understand. I'm like, if they, if that, that's why I don't believe that it's a person that I said that said I robbed them because if that's the case, go to Zara, go look at the cameras. You saw, I bought a thousand dollars worth of stuff. I didn't go near anybody. Yeah. People took pictures of us. I didn't touch any lady. I didn't go near anybody. I stayed by myself. So if that's the case, like the first thing with robbery, even in America, the system is they'll go to the, the establishment and be like, let's run those cameras. Let's see. I mean, I've been robbed for packages in my building before and the first thing that the police did, the detectives did when they came here is where's the footage? So it's like for you guys to just take us in, strip us butt naked, uh, don't give us any rights to an attorney or to a translator or let us call the embassy and do all that stuff to us because somebody said we robbed them in a, in a czar where there's cameras everywhere in security. Please show me. I think the police had a different motive in it. It wasn't a lady. I honestly think it's the police that thought, I don't know, maybe we were prostitutes or thought maybe we were drug smugglers. I don't know what they thought or what they were looking for because they like took my phone case off. Like they just made us spread our butt cheeks. Like, Mm -mm. Oh, the police had the nerve to say like, you don't know how much stuff we find in people's ass cheeks. Like they were so disrespectful and uh, you know, to have no proof. So then I'm like, okay, well, where's my file? Where's the police report? Well, you can't get the report until the investigation's over. So now that's kind of just where the battle is now. So I hope you get, I hope you get a hundred percent justice. I hope you get resolution because that's just that that's traumatizing and it's, it's not okay. Like I can't even, I can't think of a proper phrase to encompass that, but it's not okay. No. And you shouldn't be on vacation spending money, you know, working with, you know, different designers and at these top events having to watch your back. So now it's like to the point where, okay, if I do ever decide to go back to the film festival, I might have to hire a security so that if I do have private security with me or something, then if something was like to happen, like that to happen, then the police will know, okay, this is a witness that is with her by her side 24 seven. So none of that stuff can happen with this witness being there. So uh, I do think for the next film festival, if I do attend or I would for sure have security with me because to walk on the streets is dangerous for somebody like me. If there's people that are out there like that, that are able to do that, it's not a place for me to be walking around. No. Agreed. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a place I would want to go either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't even want to visit a place like that. And exactly. the fact that it just showcases how like respectability politics and like conforming comes to light because first of all, all, all black women, all black men 
all Black people should be able to exist as is without changing appearance or doing anything. But the fact that you were dressed in formal wear, you know what I mean? And I got arrested in cocktail. Right. Right. Like you're dressed up and that is still taken the wrong way. I mean, and, and you shouldn't even have to do that, but it just goes to show how unsafe anybody is. Like you, like if I wear sweatpants and a hoodie and my hood up, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Somebody else does that. It's grounds for suspicion. It's just... It's, and, it's and not that's good. And also being in an interracial relationship, that's what I was trying to like explain to everybody. It's very hard. Like being in Europe and in these like luxury places, beautiful black woman with a handsome white man, it's automatically, oh, she's an escort. Oh, she doesn't have a ring on her finger. Maybe she's a prostitute or like a working girl. It can never be like, oh, black and white come together and like, it's happy. It's nice. It's embraced. It's always a problem. So like, like I said, I don't know who was jealous that day because Simon was with us part of that time. So I don't know if they thought maybe he bought me stuff or whatever, not even knowing, like I've been with this man for a year. This is our one year anniversary. This happened the day before our one year anniversary. He actually bought me a bag from Hugo Boss for a one year anniversary. And you guys are judging because of black and white. So it was just very painful and hard to go through and upsetting, you know, to know that, that could also be an option because I was probably put a target on my back walking around with him. Like it's just sickening to even think, you know, and racism is sickening and people will, people will have mentalities like that. And it's important that you call it, you know, that it's called out and that it is labeled as disgusting behavior because it is. Of course you're right. So let's get a little bit back to Summer House yeah, for a second. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll I have a lot of time, by the way, so go oh, you ahead. do? Okay, yes. cool. Okay, perfect. Have so I, <laughs> I want to know if you all pay for the house evenly or if this is something that, like, production pays for. It's something I can't talk about. <laughs> okay, okay, so yes. we'll skip that. Yeah. We'll what about that. parties? Can you tell us this? Like, like behind-the-scenes fact, are the parties planned by you guys, or is it planned by They're production? all planned by us. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. That I wanted to know. What about the games? Like, when you play Truth or Dare, is this you guys thinking of this stuff? This is us. Yes. So, the thing I like about the show is uh, it's unscripted. I, I always say that in like, every interview. It's unscripted. And, you know, the producers that are there and the cameramen that are there, they're just there. You know, they're just there to make sure not, no crazy shit goes down, you know, or like if someone's feeling, you know, upset or like having a moment, you know, we have someone to talk to to step off set and be like, hey, like, I'm feeling this way or I'm not feeling well today. I want to sit out, you know, or like, you know, if we need advice on something, they're there. But 99% of everything that we do is all planned by us, like the outings, the events, the clothes that we want to wear, workout, all of us. So that's pretty cool. I like that. It's like like the Kardashians where they get to do live their life and do whatever they want. That's how we are. We do whatever we want. That's why I was like, why do we have to vote on who can come in and out of the house? Like we're on vacations. Like I know we're shooting a show, but like we're on vacation. It's our vacation. We can do whatever we want. They're just here to to document it. So that's why I like people kept on getting caught up in like, Oh, I'm on a show. No, just be yourself. We're on vacation. They're just here documenting. Like they're not here telling us like, 
oh, go beat up that person. Like, no, they're not. They're just here to make sure everything's going great and that nobody's like attacking or killing each other and like everything's going smooth and that we have, you know, the food and stuff. So it's great to have them around, you know, watching and monitor everything, but we are on, it's our life being documented and it's our vacation. So that's why I felt like everyone was like, like not everyone, but like most of the time people felt like robotic or not being authentic to themselves because of the cameras being there, but it's kind of like vlogging. And if you're not used to that, or you don't have that experience, then of course you're going to come off as robotic, but I'm a vlogger. I like being on camera. So I'm used to talking to people. I have the camera running in my apartment, you know, while I'm playing with Milo or cooking because I can add it into a vlog. But if you're someone that's not used to that, and then you come on a show, you think you have to portray yourself or behave a different way. Like, no, uh, you see is what you get. And yeah, of course, alcohol is going to make you act crazy and people might judge, or, you know, you might go skinny dipping or, have sex with your spouse, whatever. It's natural. You're having a good time. You're on vacation. So um, that was the cool part about it where they're like, you could do whatever you want. Like, stop asking, is this okay? Or can I do this? <laughs> like, it's your vacation. So it was cool. You I know? think that's part of what made you so authentic because I think that people are so quick, especially reality lovers to like label like, oh, this is the villain. Like this is the protagonist. This is the person who orchestrates all the drama. But in reality, what I saw from you, Bria, is I saw that you just like clear the air. You don't like secrets. You don't like fakeness. And if you sit in something and if you know it and you know, it's going to make the house tense, you just rather get it out. Of course. No, for me, like even with Nick's girlfriend, because I like people were like feeling a certain type of way, like, oh, that was none of her business. Like then you guys are fake. You're the type of person now let somebody sleep with her man in the house and you won't say anything and turn a blind eye. I don't trust any of you as the viewers because the viewers would come and say that. Like as for me, like I'm being honest. I like to start relationships off with honesty. Hey, your man was in my DMs, X, Y, and Z. I'm just letting you know. Like I want to have an authentic relationship. And if she, if I was coming in to a house with women and men that I didn't know, and my man was acting up for doing X, Y, and Z, let me know right now. So I don't have to waste time, honey. Like I would be on the next ship, you know, somewhere else. So Same. I didn't think that I was trying to like be messy with it. I was just like, I'm trying to get to know this girl and I'm just letting her know what it is. And we didn't, we didn't know. And I was shocked and taken back, but I'm not going to sit in her face and be fake and turn a blind eye. Like, "Mm, yep. She don't know what I know. Like I could never do that. That's fake as shit. Like I'm not a fake person. So I would do it to anybody. I mean, it's happened to me before when I've gone out and like girls are like, Oh, your man did this or this or that. And then I'll just be like, oh, is this true? And then the truth will come out or the lies will come out. But, you know, it wasn't malicious. It was just to let her know, like, hey, um, it was to let her know, like, hey, this is what we found out. And if it does come out, because it could have been somebody else mentioning it. And then I'm looking like a fake ass bitch because she's coming into the house and I'm just turning a blind eye to some knowledge that she knows. I'm going to be the one to just lay it out there. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But I'm going to be honest about it. So that's kind of how I came from it. And like with me, yeah, I just, I'm very blunt. I'm a Gemini. I don't have a filter. If something bothers me or if I don't like it or if you lie to my face, I'm going to tell you how it is. And you may not like the way I say it or my tone, but it is what it is. You're not going to insult my intelligence or like make me look like a crazy person. I mean, we already have that crazy, um, that crazy, uh, what is it called? Uh, Geminis have that crazy, like everyone Stereotype? Yeah, stereotype. 
So I am, um, I don't want to continue, you know, I don't, what was to it? play into that. Yeah. To play into that. So I get it really there, quickly. Yes. I'm going to pause the recording for just okay. a Okay. So what I was wondering is, do you think that if Nick hadn't messaged you or hadn't kind of hit on you, do you think that you still would have brought it up just because like, you know, that information, or do you think that you would have potentially not have brought it to her attention? No, I would have brought it to her attention because like, I just, I put myself in her shoes and different scenarios. Like what if you know, you never know. Women go through their man's phone all the time. Like, what if she would have saw those messages, um, you know, to him DMing Shanice or Jordan or me being a little flirtatious? How would that make her feel coming into the house? And then we're all acting fake to her face. Like, I just can't do that. I'm not catty or petty or like that. I'm just like, listen, I'm putting him on blast. I'm for the woman, woman power. Like, is it, are you okay with this? Like, I'm not okay with it. And then she's like, no, I'm confident. You know, I love the way she handled it like a queen, but I just wanted her to, to be on notice, like be on notice this is happening. And, you know, I'm not fake. I'm going to tell you straight up how it is. I'm not going to sit here and let him do crazy stuff and just let you come inside our home and stay the night here knowing what I know. Like, that's not cool. Agreed. Did you think it was kind of wild that she flew over 20 hours to stay for just, did she stay for just the party or was that like part of the show? No, it was, she stayed, uh, I think, I think she stayed like a couple of days and good. Yeah. Um, you know, love is love. When you really love somebody, you'll do it. I mean, I would do it for Simon. Simon would do it for me. And you know, they have a very close relationship and bond. So like I said, if you really love somebody, you'll go above and beyond for them. Like I would do it for Simon in a heartbeat. Like, oh, you want me to, you know, come out 20 hours to see you for a day or two? Okay, fine. So um, I, I'm glad she came out. He needed that because he, you know, for the first day, like week that he was there, I felt like he just missed something. He was always to himself and very, a little bit quiet. So having her come and him get enlightened up, which it, it was fun. Sorry, I had to rain on his parade with that. Parade with that. You know, it's just like, okay, if she's going to be staying here, like, I think she should know. I don't want her to, like, come here and, like, not know or, like, eventually see the show come out and then find out that way. You know, that would be messy. And then she's like, damn, like, I was around these girls and, like, they knew the whole time that, you know, she's going to be looking like a clown. So, like, yes. me, I like no, like, I'm not going to have you out here looking like that, sis. Like, everybody's given looks and stuff. Like, I'm gonna let her know what it is. Here's X, Y, and Z. So I was for it. Like, to be honest, like that would have been me. Like I would have told her too. like, I wouldn't have sat on that information. No. And like, uh, she's so nice. Like even outside of filming, like, you know, we hung out a couple of times, like at events, um, super dope, super nice, super sweet, like so sweet. So, um, they're still going strong, which is, Oh, good. Okay. I love to hear that. That's a good update. That's fun. Um, or, are Silas and Jasmine still going strong? Of course. Okay, oh, I thought so. I thought they yes. would be, but I'm just I'm just asking because yes. you never know. They are still going strong and uh, you know, closer. They look closer than ever. I don't know. Like I've been seeing their photos online and stuff, and like they just look happy and healthy. So that's nice. 
I'm all for it. You know, if he can lean out of that toxic masculinity and controllingness a little, and granted, I only see glimpses of him, but I just don't love that type of man. I, I never have loved someone who wants to control my autonomy or needs me for everything. I like to be wanted and I like to be in the kitchen and cook. I can get that. Of course. But like, if you need me to get dressed, like we're going to have problems because like I get myself dressed. So it should yeah. be like a joint thing. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm happy for them if they're happy. Um, was Silas as vocal as he seemed in person? Like was Silas always the one to bring something up? No, he is very calm and collective and respectful and nice. He's like the older brother. You know, we got along very well, except for when they act like they didn't know Simon was coming. But, <laughs> you know, everything was smooth. You know, he's a very nice person. Being in the force, um, you know, also, I don't know his beliefs or backgrounds with being so controlling um, in different areas of his relationship. Um, everybody's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I've been in controlling relationships where men try to control me with wealth. So it's like, everybody's just different, different strokes for different folks. Um, but for the most part, like being there, he was very kind, you know, and maybe he has ticks that we don't know about because seeing certain scenes on camera that I didn't see, like while I was there, like I said, different things happen. I could be downstairs in a gym and then someone could be arguing upstairs. Like when Phil was going crazy, I was in my room in the shower. So, you know, I didn't see that side of him. So I was like, damn, like this all happened in a bedroom. Like I didn't get to see this side of him. Like he has a sweet side. So, um, but for the most part, he's a very sweet, respectful person. So, you know, it's just, I don't know what goes on there. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tension can get to you. I won't even, yeah, I won't speculate, not my business, but I'm for the woman. So as when I see Jasmine not being heard, I felt like, I, I, I felt like this when I used to drink too. Sometimes if you have like a little bit of a beef at home, but then you go out with your friends, it's kind of like yeah. the opportunity to like bring it up for a second and like yes. get other people to like, like take your side. Um, sure. And it's kind of validating to know that you have people around to either back you or hear the bullshit that you're experiencing. It's like, is anybody else hearing this? Like, is anybody yes. hearing this? Because I hear this at home. Um, right. And I felt like Jasmine got a sense of that. So if it gave her a sense to like speak up more at home and say the parts of the routine she doesn't like, I'm for it. Yes. Yeah, of course. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Who were you closest with when you got to the house? And then who did you leave closest with? I became very close with Jordan again. So we, you know, like I said, we were friends at the Playboy Club and we went out a couple of times, but, you know, it was that missing time that, you know, I haven't really seen her for a while. And then coming together, you know, we have a similar background. We like to the finer things in life and to go out. So she really had my back, you know, there at the house before Shanice came And then also like leaving the house, I would say I was close with her, Preston, in um, summer. And your mom, like shout out to your mom for her, for her roles in the show. Like when you would call your mom. Love Simon. She like always takes his sides in every argument because I think she knows that I'm a very (laughs) emotional person. And she always just be like, you're driving that man crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, but she is a very fair person. She's an Aquarius and she, 
I don't know. She knows I'm very crazy. I'm a crazy Gemini. So she just like, you're crazy. You drive Simon crazy. I'm like, Simon drives me crazy sometimes too, but <laughs> she always sides with Simon and she loves, my parents love Simon, like love him. And yeah, she's dope. <laughs> she's Wait, really- when is her birthday? I'm an Aquarius too. I love she's, that she's uh, that. She's February 13th. Okay, cool. We're close. I'm February 9th. So we're oh, like a nice. few days. Close. Yeah. But us Aquarius, like for the most part, we're really good at just like saying when someone's wrong. Like my best friends know not to call me. Like they can tell me, Leah, don't say anything and I'll, and I'll agree with them. But if they yes. want good advice, I'll be like, you're in the wrong or you're not. That's how she is. You guys are very observant. You're very um, straightforward you will speak up and just be like, listen, this is X, Y, and Z. You don't like to be involved in drama. If you are, you kind of will like shelter yourself away. Like that's how my mom is. But like, like coming back to like with me letting Nick's girlfriend know what's up, my mom would be that person that would sit her down and just be like, let her know what's up and be like, I respect you as a woman. I don't want no part of this, but I'm just letting you know. But it's, you know, it's cool where she's, you know, always when I call her when I'm drunk and she's just like, you're being emotional and you know, you're drunk and don't embarrass Simon. Don't embarrass that man. Cause she knows Simon is very sensitive. He's a cancer and he's very sensitive and very sweet. And like, he's, I call him the soft shell crab because he's hard on the outside and soft. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, you're a soft shell. Like I'm like, I didn't order soft shell crab today. I ordered hard shell crab. But, <laughs> you know, she knows how sensitive he can be and always looks out for his emotions and knows that like, even if he is getting on my nerves, it's all coming from a love and a great place. So that's why she always like sides with him. I don't know. I love that. And cancer men are so good. Sorry to interrupt you. They're so nice. They're so nice. Like before I was like, no, I can't be with a cancer. Like I got to be with somebody that's like crazy, like a Scorpio or Sagittarius or an Aries or Gemini. Uh, cancer men are too boring for me, but he's fun. He likes to dance. He likes everything that I like to do. He likes clothes. He like dresses me. Like he gets shoes for me or he'll be like, Oh, let's go get these shoes or this dress or like your hair, like do your hair like this. Like he, it like just lets me be me and like likes the same style as me. So it's so cool to have found somebody who matches me and Mm -hmm. like, likes when I, Oh, we want to vlog today. Okay. Like, are we cooking? Are we playing with Milo? Like, he just supports everything that I want to do. And guys that I've dated previously were not like that. They were like, why do you wear too much makeup? Why are you wearing hair extensions? Why are you wearing that outfit? Are you trying to get somebody else? Like they were always insecure and he's not. He's just. We love Simon on this podcast. Team Simon. I love him. I wish he was here, but he's in Germany. It would be nice to have him be featured. But Oh, yeah. Well, if you have, when, when you're in Germany sometime, if you ever want to do a couples episode, you guys can come yeah, on for I a segment. It'd be fun. Um, let's see. What else do I have left? Because I think I asked mostly everything. Um, what about boundaries and friendships? So obviously, the nudity scene with Shanice being yes. naked in front of Simon happened. And did that happen because you guys are so close and like, it just, she didn't think that it would bother you to happen because she's drunk. What do you think? So for her, her, her excuse was she didn't think that it would bother me. And, um, she, she said I did it in front of her ex. And I want to clarify that, that I never went skinny jibbing in front of her ex. He was not even home. And he's like, oh, you guys can go swimming. 
but I would always make sure like I'm covered around anyone's man. I would never do that. That's a no, no for me. Um, so I think she felt like she could be, she's very free. And I don't know why, like, you know, alcohol also plays a part in it, but she's like, I felt like I could do it around you because it's you like you're fun. You know, we do have fun times, but I'm like, yeah, but it's different because like, that was your ex and you guys weren't dating at the time. And he wasn't even home when we did that. And second, like I'm dating Simon. I potentially obviously want to marry Simon. So it's different. But then Simon's defense is, is like in Europe, everyone goes naked. Like we go to the naked spa where men and women are in the same spa and sauna, but naked, like you can't wear towels or anything. So for him, he didn't take it like, oh, Shanice's body's hot and like, ooh, it's right. like, oh, we go to the naked spa. We see this all the time. Like I live in Europe. I go to Ibiza or like South of France, there's women walking around topless. So for him, it's he doesn't care. They're used to that. He's grown up on that since he was little, but being drunk again, blacked out. And in America, you know, we're like, Oh hell no. But then I forgot, Oh my God, I'm with a German man. Like he doesn't give a fuck. We go to the naked spa, but I was in that New York mentality where it's like, Oh, this is not okay. Get your ass out or Simon get out. And Shanice is so close. It's like my sister. Like I wouldn't want my younger sister to be butt naked in front of Simon and like Shanice is like an older sister to me. So it was kind of weird just having her be able to him to see her vagina and like, yes. Oh my God. Like, and we had an agreement to put our clothes back on before the men got there. Cause obviously, you know, Silas is married to Jasmine and we would want to show respect. Right. Um, but we, you know, and also for the other men in the house who don't want to see that, I mean, you know, or if they do, you know, you should have respect. Right. So I had my clothes back on before the men came and I you know, saw I that steak to sober up because we were so blacked out. Cause I was like, why is she cooking a steak? And I'm like to sober up wrong. <laughs> and yeah. So, you know, I love her to death. We are very, very close. You know, we talked about it. I don't care because right. I was drunk and I wasn't really thinking about it, but I did tell her, I'm like, listen, like, I hope you're not out here doing this with other people's men or mm-hmm. other women that you don't know like that, because it could end worse. Um, if you're around someone's man, butt naked, you know, it's true. It's true. Does it, did it spark a conversation about boundaries for you or like make you feel like maybe you should, like, there is some boundaries you should address with friends or is it just kind of like well, a yeah, case by case? Normal. I mean, for her, yeah. I'm just like, just don't do that in front of him again. And then she's like, okay, got it. But like, that's, that is a boundary. You should, I mean, even like my, I mean, growing up in a household, my parents always taught me like, you know, to like, if there's a man in a house, you know, you, you're clothed, you know, you put on, don't wear like tight clothing or like, you know, underwear. Like you always like just dress appropriate when there's a man in the house. Like, you know, when it's just my mom and dad, brother and sister, it's different. But when we have guests staying over, you know, you have to be clothed. And don't wear tight, tight shorts. I don't know. It's just maybe like a Southern a hospitality thing or like, because my dad's family grows up from like Georgia and they're always very conservative and they'll be like, okay, put a long skirt on or put a sweater on or go change her top. So I'm always very appropriate around people's men. You know, I'm not out here looking like a hoe coming out in lingerie or butt naked. I would never, I was raised differently. So, you know, with any friend that's a girlfriend, they know not to do that. I mean, it's common sense. So I, like I said, with Shanice and I, you know, we had had a lot of alcohol that night. I mean, I think we drank like a bottle to ourselves and it was just a different 
we were in a different world. Right. Um, That'll do it. Still was like, I'm going to put clothes on because the guys are back. So I, you know, you could see when we're clothed from being naked because, you know, the, the husbands and, you know, other men came back and the boyfriends came back. So I just want to look, you know, appropriate. And uh, when she got naked again and, you know, I was just like, oh my God, you got butt naked. Like why in front of Simon? Like, why would you do this? Right. Is whatever. I even kind of think that when I watch regular Summer House, because they love to get naked, all of them. Yeah. And I'm like, Amanda, hoo-ha and tits are showed to everybody. And like, you look good. You didn't, didn't mind? I didn't see that. No, they that? always, like every, I think every season, they all like get naked and they run in the pool and they skinny dip. No. And I'm always like, Kyle is so secure with his dick and just with everybody seeing yeah. Amanda's goods. And I'm like, I could never. I, I'm just too... Like conservative or something. What like right? Because you know what's so funny? I was in the Hamptons like oh, a couple of weeks ago, and I met a couple like couples that are like okay with that. Like they're like, oh yeah, like we go skinny dipping, like we see each other naked, and I'm like, huh? Like, like but then I'm like, okay, in Germany they do the same thing. Like you go to the right. naked there, and then there's couples, and then there's people you run into at the club, and they're there. So I guess it's kind of the same thing. But like, I don't know how I would feel if my Simon's best friend like saw me butt ass naked. Like, I and I'm comfortable. I'm sure it's because we grew up in religious households, yeah. sort of. And my dad was a, a a cop too, so I relate to just being like censored and censoring yourself for others too. Like, I relate. And to everything that. was a sin, like because my dad was <laughs> a Baptist church, my mom was like in a Christian church, so I would go to like Baptist and Christian every Sunday and. My dad's side of the family are very religious. So everything you did was a sin. Like, yep. Everything like you did, you drink, but that before 21, that's a sin. You know, you got to pray to God. So yep. it's like, I, you know, me, like I said, his side of the family, I mean, as you get older, they're not going to control what you wear, or what you do. But when I was younger, I had to be conservative. I mean, like it was dresses mm-hmm. and shawls. And if I didn't have a shawl, we're going to that 99 cent store in Georgia where they like go and we get a church shawl the cover <laughs> I can't show my skin in church so it's right. like that's what it was that was every summer in Georgia for me and uh yeah and I think and it's respectful you know like any classy lady like think Sophia Richie style like are they doing that no I think it gets so ingrained in us too. Like I'm talking to my therapist about this just because I censor myself so much that yes. sometimes I can like retaliate against my partners for just being human and like noticing something. It's like, it's like, of course they're going to notice a fat ass when it walks by, like everybody's going to notice. And because I grew up like censoring myself from that and thinking like looking at a woman is a sin, lusting after a woman is a sin. If a man likes how a woman looks like, then she's good. Then he wants to have sex with her. Like it was such a weird. Or even just looking at porn is a sin, you know? Like that I'm was the biggest one. Like, don't masturbate. Like, that's yes. a big sin. Yes. So it's like, I get it. I yes. get it. I was in that place where, and I went to Catholic school for so long before I went to public school. So I'm we're conditioned from childhood. That's, that's exactly it. what it is. It's conditioned. And like in some aspects, it's right. And there's good, there's good boundaries and stuff. But c- currently I'm trying to like not censor myself as much and maybe be open to porn and be open to looking at someone when they walk by shirtless or with a fat ass, because why yeah. should I punish myself just because, you know, how we're conditioned and raised and 
yeah, I grew up in Baptist and Christian too. So relatable. Yeah, that's dope. And yeah. then I think too, like Playboy helped open that up and open my eyes as well as like OnlyFans because people would think like OnlyFans, oh, we were being naked on there. Like, no, we were doing bikini photos because at that time, bikini photos were selling on there. Like people just would just spend a hundred dollars on your bikini photo. Like it's crazy. The market for like just selling bikini photos are thong photos, like in a bikini thong, like yep. there's a market for it. Just like there's a market for feet photos. So, you know, it <laughs> did open my eyes. Uh, I don't do it anymore, but it did open, you know, me as a person and just like experiences and it's okay. And uh, right. Yeah. And everyone's doing it. It's almost like I had to learn, like, if I'm not going to do it, if I'm not going to look at it, everybody else is like, I'm not going to win an award. Like, oh, you don't want porn. Good job. Like, yeah, no. you Grammy, here's your Oscar. <laughs> right. Like, bitch, watch porn. Like, don't deprive yourself. Like, do what you want. So <laughs> a journey of self-exploration. I'm on it too. Of course. I want to end with, because this has been such a good episode. What is the name? Can you tell us the name of your skincare line or like yep. any projects you're excited about? Like tell of us course. about them. Yeah. So the name of my skincare line is called Bria Beauty and I have Bria skin as well as I want to do Bria hair, but I need to slow down. <laughs> um, Bria skin is going to, you know, be different skin products I'm just going to give you a little hint for like the sun and glowing. Love. And, uh, you know, Bria Beauty is going to be like mascaras, lip liners, lip kits, makeup uh, brushes and products. Um, as far as foundations, I haven't gotten to that level yet, but I do want to start off with lip kits first and mascaras and eyeshadows before I go to like venturing off with foundations because that gets a little hard and I want to make the right foundations and know a little bit more about it before expanding. But I do just want to start off with lip kits, Milo with uh, lip kits first. And uh, what other projects am I working on? Simon and I just created our intro to our YouTube video that I kind of shown on my Instagram story, but I'm going to be posting it and, you know, we're going to be doing more vlogs. Milo, please more vlogs and, um, lifestyle content so that the viewers can see and just have a little bit more in in scoop of our daily lifestyle and what we do and just with Milo he's like scratching it <laughs> um and just like with Milo too because they like to know a lot more and his everyday life and what he does and he lives a really cool life like he has so many toys and food and he goes to the park and he has a lot of dog park friends and like even being at the dog park, it's like a whole little reality show because everybody takes these dogs, like has their dogs as their kids and like, you know, have their water bottles and then their dog gets into a fight and, oh, my dog didn't do this to your dog. So it's cool because he has his little dog crew, like Charlie and Lucky. So it'd be cool to document, you know, a series of Milo, Charlie and Lucky and some other friend, dog friends that we have there. So um, you better do that because yeah. I would watch a reality show about the dog park owners. Like you better find someone to help you make that a thing because that would be crazy. Like, I would die for it. Like get back here. Yes, because people go crazy over their dogs. Like if mm -hmm. you step on their dog or if you push their dog or uh. like if you don't want their dog playing with like one guy at the dog park was playing with Milo and his dog was playing with Milo and then Milo's friends with his other dog, this other dog. And he was like pushing the other dog away. And I'm like, don't do that. And then the owner's like looking like, why are you pushing my dog away? And I'm just like, it's a whole like the dog park is drama like it's that drama 
like dogs will hump your dog, like too big yeah. of dogs. Like and get off. Get mad. Your dog. They're like, why is your dog humping all the dogs? You need to take your dog out of here or your dog. This is a weight limit. Like your dog. <laughs> and in Brooklyn, they have a dog park that says like, if your dog's under 60 pounds, he needs to go to like the smaller dog park because uh-huh. the big dogs can like harm Hurt your dog. Yeah. So Milo plays in the big dog park until big dogs come in there. And then I have to remove him and then put him with the small dogs. He doesn't like small dogs. He honestly loves the bigger dogs which is so strange. I'm so glad you put him in the small one though, eventually, because those big dogs, like I've seen some mean ones and I'm like, I want to put my dog in the small one sometimes. Like some of them freak me out. Because they just snap. And I feel like a lot of people um, adopt their dogs in um, Williamsburg and you just, their personalities are different. And I love, we might, we adopted a pit bull when I was living with my grandma. I lived with her for two years and Rocky, we adopted him. We got him for free off Craigslist. And he's a black, all black pit bull with a white stripe. But even with him, he's very friendly, very loving, but he snaps sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people in Williamsburg are a little in denial about their uh, mixed breed dogs that they adopt. And then they like mix them with every, you know, dogs that are farm breaded or whatever they call it. Because there's a whole big like controversy behind every. <laughs> I got Milo from a breeder in New Jersey, but you know, people still give me shit like, oh, you could have adopted. But I'm like, I adopted. We Rocky right. basically my dog, the pit bull. So when I do bring Rocky out, you know, I do have to be careful and be respectful of other people's dogs because if Rocky goes into the dog park and someone brings a toy and he sees a toy, he's going after that toy. Right. And if that dog has that toy and Rocky can't get it, then it's a dog fight. So mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> that's what happens at the dog park. It's like sometimes they bring in these dogs and then their dog will snap and it's like, oh, like, sorry. And then their dog will snap again. And it's just like, okay, like who's going to remove their dog? I've been mm-hmm. here first. So it's it gets a little complicated and a lot of drama, but it should be documented. Like it should be its own reality show because people get really upset if you attack their dogs or say anything or, oh, like if you buy your dog and you didn't adopt, that's a whole drama right there. So uh, I've seen it all. Like I've been in the pet store here where they're like, oh, why didn't you just adopt? And like, I, I hate that comment. It's so mean. And I was like, I did like the, like my grandma's dog, we adopt that as a family dog. So we do like, he comes here, Rocky all the time and plays with Milo. So I'm like, we do like, I do have adopt a dog. It's like, it's nice if, you know, your dream dog is a golden retriever and you want to have it. But, and I also seen golden retrievers that are adopt attack other dogs. Same. Like they could be very vicious. I've been attacked by a golden retriever in a dog park. They're just, it depends food on the aggressive. Food. They can, and you never will know, but they are. Uh-huh. And so, you know, seeing all that drama, I'm like, oh, this could be a reality show. I don't know why anyone has never come up with like, you know, dog park reality show or even like an, a flight, like having like flight attendants. I see a lot of drama with that as well. So like that would be cool to be like flight attendant reality show or like dog park. Make it happen. I'm down for either. And I just want to see all the owners that look like their dogs too. Yeah. Like just that element. Like, because there is some people like a poodle and then it's owned yes. by like a woman with like big white hair. Yes. And then the poodle will be all white with curly hair. My dog looks <laughs> identical to my sister. It's hilarious. She has the same hair color as him and mm-hmm. the same complexion as him. Like she's like a mocha, like him, but like the same, she's sleeping now, but the same hair color. And I'm like, oh my God, you look like Milo. Let me see if I have a picture. I'm like, you look just like Milo. So we joke about that like all the time where it's like Kadata, her name's Kadata. I'm like, she looks just like Milo. I, I do have a picture. You're going to laugh. I, I love, love that. 
just like Milo. I wish I looked like Milo, but I can't pull <laughs> the hair color off. Let me see if they have a picture together. I can't pull that light hair off. It doesn't match, but. Uh, I think you can pull off any hair color, but I can see. I know what you mean. I wish. I don't have a photo of them together, but oh, I think I do. Hold on. You're going to see this before we. I'm so it's excited. Funny. Yes. It's so hilarious how, uh, like how you could really look like your dog. Right. And a lot of people do. Like, I think I kind of look like my dog. She's like a brown Talking spotted about. Dalmatian. Oh my God. Yeah, she's I cute. Wanted a Dal- How are they with, because uh, they always say they don't like kids. Is that true? Or like, that's just uh, what people will say. I think you'd have to have a kid at the same time you get a Dalmatian because okay. they are a little skeptical, but it's because okay. kids are so like, sometimes mean, like they like hit them yeah. and they're like so yeah. aggressive. You're right. This is her and him, but I don't know. Like this is them together when he was younger, but I was just like the eyes, oh. and, like, the face. And she has like, so that was, that's her, like when they, when he was a baby, but I was like, you look like him, like the same squinched eyes. <laughs> I see it with the eyes. I see what you mean. The facial expression, like yes. they're both like, what's up? And then now they just have the same hair color. And it's so funny. Like when they, I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, you look like, like identical to Milo, but I don't have a picture of the hair. I'm like, you look like, I'm going to take a picture of her hair and show you. Hold on. No. Yeah. Literally you'll have to send us one and we'll put it in and stitch it on the Instagram story. Like we'll put them side by side and stitch it. Crazy. And I'm just like, but like, yeah, he doesn't look like me, but he looks identical to my sister and the highlights and everything. It's hilarious. So he still sits in, he still fits in with the family and that's like what matters they love him they're like he's a little man in a dog's body like he's just very smart and he just knows what's going around he's very aware he likes to watch out the window he has the same characteristics of a cat like he likes to sleep under the bed and under like my nook he's sleeping and he's just I don't know he's like he reminds me of a cat he looks like I can see that and he's so small like he's so dainty you know what I mean his little feet I love him he doesn't bark unless there's confrontation or if he's being left alone like he doesn't like he's very quiet except for today I don't know why he's scratching on my wood but normally he's just very quiet and just peaceful like this I think he just wants to make his presence known which I both love and appreciate like he's like I'm here when I'm on the phone he gets into stuff he like wants to like get attention from me so I love it yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing everything with us. Follow Bria on Instagram. Do we have a go for some season two yet? Can you say? I haven't heard anything yet okay. about a season two, but I'm manifesting season two. So I'm saying, you know what? It's going to be a season two because manifestations come true. <laughs> okay. I'm going to second that. Manifesting season two. Follow Bria. Stay tuned for her skincare line, her beauty line. Stay tuned for all of it. And if you loved this episode, rate it five stars and follow me on Spotify. Yes. Oh, thanks. You're so cute. I love that you second that.